0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What They Aren't Telling You. I am your host, Melissa Floyd. And for those of you who may not know me, um, I'm the co-host of the Vaccine Conversation podcast with Dr. Bob Sears. You can find that on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, or any other podcasting platforms. We've had about 110 episodes possibly more at this point, actually. And we kind of cover everything that has to do with the medical, the political, and the social debate uh, surrounding vaccines, including the fact that it's so controversial or so taboo. And we also discuss things you won't really hear anywhere else, like vaccine injury, um, potential conflicts of interest with our regulatory agencies, and the conflicting science that we are seeing that points to one direction or the other. So even if vaccines are not your topic, and maybe you kind of think like you're good on that, or you're not really interested in that, or you don't want this, what some people might call anti-vaxxer rhetoric, I encourage you to check it out because the COVID vaccine is coming. And it's coming for adults and it's coming for children. And it's really important to understand the backstory to the vaccine debate before jumping into even contemplating the COVID vaccine. Again, it's called the Vaccine Conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. So I want to start out today's episode with a thank you to all of my official monthly supporters. So I'm going to call you out by first name. So that in case you're in hiding and you're a closet follower, I don't want to out you. But these are all my thank yous. Jordan, Mark, Linda, Sarah, Amanda, Danielle, Rebecca, Meg, Dominique, Helen, Virginia, Lauren, Sarah, Eugene, Charlene, Antoinette, Emily, Joelle, Joelle again, thank you, Jordan, Carrie, Jane, Asia. Rebecca, Samantha, Carmen, Melanie, Cassie, another Melanie, Kimberly, Monica, Landy, Justin and Tara, Alicia, Sarah, another Sarah, Tammy, Megan, Kristen, Carrie, Merced, Amy, Raquel, Terry, Harold, Harold again, thank you, Michael, Susan, Michelle, Sarah, Lenore, and Jenna, and one anonymous supporter. So, that is my official shout out to you guys, monthly supporters. If you're wondering why you would be a monthly supporter and how you can do it, here's the deal. In the episode description of every podcast, there's a link at the very end to be a supporter. So, what that means is you can make a monthly donation of like a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars every month um, to basically continue the process of this podcast, allow for payments like Editing when I outsource that, and I just don't have time to do it myself, and allow me to maybe place ads across social media to get more people understanding what these controversial but evidence based topics are. And all of this costs money, and I'm making none. So, Uh, If you want to support because you like the content and you realize, you know, $5 a month is like 60 bucks a year. So it'd be like a $60 donation to something you really support. You can do that just by clicking on the link in the episode description. And thank you so much to all of the 52 monthly supporters that I uh, just named I appreciate you guys, and I appreciate the fact that you have signed on to support me. So that is awesome. And we're at 125,000 plays on this podcast, which is awesome because I've done no advertising. I have not even been on anybody's big podcast that's given me a shout out to bring people over to this podcast. So the fact that we've had so many plays is awesome. And I'm so glad that you guys are enjoying it. We just finished two episodes with Dr. Tom Cowan with a completely alternative view of what viruses are or what they are not. And it's definitely something that makes you rethink everything you've been taught. In fact, I need to go re-listen and digest that information myself again and again until I really feel like I have this good grasp uh, on this, this concept. But if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure and check those last two episodes. On the next episode, I am going to also give a shout out to a few small businesses that have sent products to me that I can give you information on them, holistic-based products, handmade products that you might be interested in yourself with the holidays coming up or birthday gifts or something that you want to get for people. These are people who are in our movement, who support personal liberty and medical freedom, and they have their own small businesses, and we definitely want to make sure We are supporting them. So on my next episode, I'm going to highlight, I believe, three different businesses that I can mention. And if you're a small business owner and you make something, whether it's a food product, um, a beauty product, something holistic, something handmade, um, message me. Message me on the What They Aren't Telling You Facebook page or on any of my social media accounts and uh, let me know what you have and what you make, and then you can um, send to me, and I will be able to test it out and give a really good review for you um, at no cost just to let people know about you because I think our audience deserves to know about other people doing holistic, handmade things that we can appreciate, and of course, we want to support small businesses who support medical freedom. So we will get onto that in the next episode. And today, what I want to talk about is something that just came out. Now, usually I record these episodes like way in advance, which is difficult because everything's so time sensitive. But in this case, I am sprinkling in this episode in between some interviews. We have the next interview with Barbara Lowe Fisher, which I'm so excited for you guys to hear. But before that, I want to talk about this new Ticketmaster policy. If you guys have been paying attention to your social media, you have probably seen over the last day, brand new news about the company Ticketmaster. And what they are doing is they partner with a company called Live Nation. And they are responsible for tickets to not just music concert venues, but also sporting events across the nation. So on billboard.com, This article came out November 11th. How Ticketmaster Plans to Check Your Vaccine Status for Concerts. Now, originally when I posted this, I think people didn't really read the article. And so they were like, oh, well, I don't go to Ticketmaster anyway. I haven't used them in years. Their prices are exorbitant and I'm good without them. But I want you to know something. This is not just about Ticketmaster. Okay, Ticketmaster is one particular avenue toward requiring vaccine status for engagement in society okay so we're looking at concerts and music but also sporting events well later in the article it goes on to say that this will be the same thing for theme parks it will be the same thing for airline travel and it will also be the same thing for employment verification So do not get swayed by the fact that Ticketmaster was the company plastered all over the news. It's not just about Ticketmaster. It is about the concept that it is somehow okay to require proof of vaccination for people to be able to attend things in life, in society, to be a part of society. And I want to address this now before I forget. A lot of times people will say, well, of course, the vaccine's not going to be forced. You can't force people to take a vaccine because we're in this country where we don't have the government imposing things in a physical way where they're breaking down your doors and making you do things like that could possibly happen in other countries. That doesn't happen here. So, what they do instead is they basically make it so difficult for you that you will eventually just comply so that you can have access to the thing that you need. And historically, what they've done with that is done that with children's education. So they make childhood vaccines a condition of your child's education. And if you're a working parent and you need your child to have a place to go and a place for them to go to school because you can't homeschool like most people, then you are going to need to fulfill whatever the requirement is. And if they eliminate your ability to opt out like they did in recent states like California and New York, then you don't have any options. So what it sort of does is force people into compliance, not because they believe in it, not because they think it's necessary, but because they have no other option. So we've seen that with kids in school. We see that with medical workers and hospital staff with the flu vaccine, especially this year. I've been contacted by so many different hospital staff members that have told me they've always opted out of the flu vaccine before and worn a mask during flu season, but they are no longer accepting it this year. This is not just true for the UC system in California, any staff member at a UC medical establishment or a university uh, is required to get the flu vaccine. We know in Massachusetts, they made it mandatory now for all school children by December 31st, even children that are in hybrid half remote learning models, but they have made it so that you cannot opt out without a medical exemption. So wearing a mask no longer works. It's no longer acceptable in the medical industry this year post-COVID. And I feel like this is something they were probably trying to do a long time ago, and they saw this as an avenue to get it done. So we've already seen it with education. We've seen it with some areas of employment in the medical field. But what they're going to do now is they're saying they're taking away your social card. They're taking away your right to participate in social events in society, unless you show proof of vaccine status and or submit to taking a test within 24 to 48 hours prior to each event. This would be each event. Now I want to read you some of the um, actual quotes from this article. So they say, this is quote, this is from billboard.com. As part of that preparation, this is for COVID, uh, getting back to, quote, normal, Ticketmaster has been working on a framework for post-pandemic fan safety that uses smartphones to verify fans' vaccination status or whether they've tested negative for the coronavirus within a 24 to 72-hour window. Here's how it would work. If approved, after purchasing a ticket for a concert, fans would need to verify that they have already been vaccinated, and listen to this key part right here, which would provide approximately one year of COVID-19 protection, or test negative for coronavirus approximately 24 to 72 hours prior to the concert. To date, the Food and Drug Administration has not approved any third-party companies to provide the complex technology needed to deliver real-time vaccination results, but Ticketmaster President expects the demand for digital screening services, which will be needed for airline travel, employment verification, and theme park entry, will attract a new wave of investors and entrepreneurs to fuel the growth of a new COVID-19 technology sector. Because Ticketmaster tickets, the vast majority of sports leagues in the United States, as well as concert venues and Live Nation-owned properties, the implementation of their COVID-19 plan will be an important milestone for the live entertainment industry. Now, these are just some sections that I took out of the full article, which you can go read online. But I want to bring your attention to a few things. First, they talk about duration of protection for a COVID-19 vaccine. They are giving you one year. You get a vaccine now, you're good for one year only until you get that vaccine again. Now, this is something that I have said to you guys for a while now, based on early interviews with Fauci and with Bill Gates. They said the vaccine would likely offer a few months of protection. Now, that's not very long, okay? So that means yearly COVID-19 vaccines, not a let me just get it one time and I'm good for the rest of my life, not that kind of situation at all. And that's because they have never had success with a vaccine for any virus in the coronavirus family up until now, which basically leads me to believe they're not going to have success with this one either. And the Pfizer vaccine just recently had a news release saying that their vaccine trials are showing 90% efficacy. We're going to talk about that with Dr. Bob on the vaccine conversation soon, and we're going to break that down for you. But so you know, out of the 43,000 participants, they're really only measuring data from 93 of them. And when they're talking about efficacy, they're not talking about the ability to stop transmission. They're only talking about the ability to reduce symptoms in the person who has the virus. And out of the 93 people, they only measured people that tested positive and had one symptom. And if you've been following this, this list of symptoms has gotten longer and longer and longer. So it will be interesting to see more data of those clinical trials. But basically, after this confident release, 90% efficacy, the next day, Ticketmaster has this big announcement. Now, remember, if the vaccine is only lasting a year, then you have to accept that risk for the vaccine every single year. Maybe one year is not going to affect you, maybe two years don't affect you, but consistent vaccination with a new technology that affects the RNA inside your body, we don't know what kind of impact that's going to have. And so they're forcing people to basically take on that risk in order to be involved at all on any level with entertainment. So in order to go to concerts, in order order to go to sporting events, you're going to have to not just get a vaccine one time because we're in a pandemic. You're going to have to get it every year, and they're going to have proof of it every year. So basically, the way that this works is they're going to have a third-party health pass, okay, like some kind of health pass. They've named this different things in different countries, and they've been talking about this for months now. This health pass is going to have all your medical information, and they're going to somehow encrypt all of this data to pass it to venues and things like Ticketmaster. Now, this seems like a total setup for major privacy issues. And of course, they are gonna have to work very, very carefully to see if they can even roll out something without violating HIPAA and other medical privacy laws. But this third party company is gonna have access to your medical records whether you take a test, you go to CVS, you go somewhere else, take a test, that data in real time is gonna be is going to have to be uploaded to your health pass account which will therefore pass that information to Ticketmaster or Live Nation or wherever you're going or an airline ticket to say whether or not you're okay to travel. So here's what's funny. They're doing the big assumption here, the big assumption that you've been vaccinated so therefore you're no longer a risk to anybody. And that's obviously a huge assumption to make, just getting the vaccine we're, we're seeing, just like other vaccines, does not reduce the transmission of the virus, which means you're actually not safer to be around people. In fact, you might be even less safe because you're not going to have any signs of your illness if you're, if you're carrying it and spreading it, which is the actual true definition of asymptomatic transmission. People who are vaccinated, like with pertussis vaccine, people that are vaccinated and don't have symptoms during illness, and so therefore are transmitting it unknowingly. So this is the idea of asymptomatic transmission. And I just want to reinforce here, I shared a video back in August of Fauci, and his description of asymptomatic transmission, he said... Asymptomatic transmission is rare, and even if it's happening, historically with respiratory viruses, asymptomatic transmission has never been a driver of an epidemic. Okay? So everybody wants to quote asymptomatic transmission during all of this, but even Fauci, who people still seem to respect, has said, Asymptomatic transmission is rare, and even if there are instances of it, these are not the primary drivers of an epidemic, especially with a respiratory virus. Okay, so I just want to throw that out there. But once you're vaccinated, if you have no symptoms and you're infectious, that's the true risk. That's the actual risk to the public. But as long as you've had the vaccine on paper and it's in your health pass account, they transmit that information, somehow you're totally safe to be a part of society. So the first thing was the fact that they tell you the vaccine's not going to last more than a year. I don't think people realize they will have to get the vaccine every single year. I mean, if you put that into real time and you project that 40 years, 50 years of your life getting, getting a vaccine every single year for this, when you have a 99.5 and higher percent chance of survival... Is that worth it considering all the ingredients? I mean, we don't even know what is really going to be in these vaccines that they're rolling out. So they talk about uh, one year. Then they also talk about how the FDA hasn't even really approved this, these third-party companies like this health pass stuff. But this sounds like an advertisement. They said, we're looking at attracting a new wave of investors and entrepreneurs to fuel the growth of a new COVID-19 technology sector. They're literally trying to create a sector of our economy that is focusing only on COVID-19 technology. Tracing, all of the monitoring they're doing, the testing, they're literally trying to create jobs monitoring something that they've essentially overblown and created laws and policies to restrict everybody's behavior and access to their lives, and they're turning this into a business. This just seems so weird to me. The other thing, they don't really say here as it relates to testing whether both things have to happen or you get to be choosing between them. But if you're required to take a PCR test 24 to 72 hours before, every time you, you, know, before you go to an event, we have so many issues with the testing. There are so many false positives. I just did an episode about Dr. Yeedon's findings where he said at least half, possibly all of them, are false positives. So you could be essentially barred from attending events because you have a false positive test that isn't accurate and forces you and all of your contacts to quarantine because now they'll have all of your information electronically. Because they did say part of the process is tracking people every step of the way with technology for all the people that attend things and are going places. They're trying to really increase population surveillance here. And they're really trying to do what South Korea has already done. But of course, it's a much bigger country. And I don't know that people really want to live under that level of surveillance. But this is what contact tracing is doing. It's setting up surveillance. We have so many false positives that once they trace your contacts, everybody's quarantining for nothing. Like you're not even infectious. So all your contacts are forced to stay home, to stay away from work, or kids stay away from school. And it's all unnecessary. So that's another level of what this new Ticketmaster thing is. You're going to have to be taking the test. You have a chance that you're going to be getting false positives and it's going to affect not only your ability not to attend the event in the first place, but also to be sent home for two weeks from work or from school or to be told you can't leave your house. And again, based on faulty, inaccurate results. Also, the third big thing, like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of this, this is not just for concerts and it's not just for sporting events. This is the, the wave of what they're looking to do for all things where people come together. So that's including airline travel, other entertainment attractions like theme parks, and employment verification. That's a scary thought right there. Employment verification, having to check that you've had your vaccine, having to check that you've been tested. How often do you need to be tested? I just recently heard of a school district in San Diego where they're being forced to test twice a month, period, all the time, every child, every faculty member. Now, you might not think this, but every test costs money. Yes, there are some places with free tests, but free tests are purchased by somebody to give away for free, just so you know. So they did the calculations in the San Diego district. We're talking $8 million a month for mandatory testing. Somebody's making money here on these forced tests. And if you can imagine, all of the sporting events and concerts across this country Now we're talking about millions of tests that will be done on a regular basis. Forced testing, mind you. This is forced. So again, this was on billboard.com. One thing that was really interesting is Ticketmaster got a lot of backlash. So a lot of people went on their social media pages and commented they are no longer going to be involved with them because listen. Whether or not you believe people should have a right to a coronavirus vaccine, whether or not you believe it's not that big of a deal to have one vaccine one time when we're in the middle of a pandemic to, quote, help everyone else, help the immunocompromised, help people's grandparents. Um, The reality is, you know, vaccines are not safe for everyone. And they're not safe for a lot of people in a lot of circumstances. So to force people to get it or withhold life from them, withhold aspects of life from them, you know, because they have medical condition, family medical history, genetic susceptibility, whatever. That is very unethical to me. And it's concerning. Like we're not talking about something that is non-invasive and simple. We're talking about a complex medical intervention, one that does carry side effects, For every single person, every single dose. And remember, this is in addition to, for children, this is in addition to a whole slew of doses that they're already forced to get. And for adults, this is in addition to whatever yearly vaccines they may get. If they're older and they're getting the flu vaccine, the pneumococcal vaccine. Or younger adults that are getting the flu shot every year. This is in addition to that and now is going to be every year. This is not without risk. So requiring something like this steps over that line of what's acceptable. It steps over that line. We're talking about a 99.5% recovery rate and even higher if you're under 70 years old, which is usually who's going to you know concerts and music events and also sporting events. They're asking something of you that is not without risk, and they're telling you if you don't comply, you don't get to be a part of society. And then they want to tell you it's not forced. But do you see how they go about it? They find a way to make life so difficult for you, make you feel so isolated and alone that eventually you'll just get it. You're just going to do not for much of my audience, but for an average person, maybe they'll, maybe they'll cave eventually because they miss concerts. They miss sporting events. They miss being able to travel and see their family. This is what they do. They make things difficult for you just the same way they do for parents with children that need to attend school. Even if they disagree with some of the doses, they're sort of forced into getting them. Okay, so here's something really interesting that I want to read you. Somebody I know contacted Ticketmaster and sent them an email with their dissatisfaction at the new policy. And I want to read to you word for word exactly what Ticketmaster wrote back because I found this very interesting. Clearly, they are getting a ton of pushback. So this is what they say, and I have to laugh at the words they use. We have noticed there has been some misreporting around safety protocols. To clarify, Ticketmaster does not set policies around safety or entry requirements, which include vaccines and or testing protocols. Ticketmaster continues to work with event organizers on all COVID safety measures, and it will be up to each event organizer to set future requirements. Mind you, in the original article on Billboard, they said that in addition... To vaccine requirement and testing, they could still require everybody to socially distance and wear masks. I just want to clarify that. Okay, but listen to this. They're saying there's been misreporting. And as soon as I read that word, all I could think to myself is misinformation. The same word that they like to throw around whenever something's unfavorable. So now to Ticketmaster, it's unfavorable that they have all these people angry and upset with them, that they're forcing a medical intervention in order to participate and engage with their products. And so they're literally taking the blame and shifting it over to the individual event organizers even though Ticketmaster themselves are the ones that got into a contract with Live Nation and with uh, looking into this third-party FDA health pass programs to make this happen. So this is total BS, total BS that somehow they're not responsible for any of this, that they are somehow innocent in all of this, and they're just working directly with the events, and it's the events organizers that end up making up these rules. Not them. They have no interest in vaccines or testing. That's not their deal, right? I love how they just did not even own up to it. And they just shifted the blame immediately. And so they continued by saying, we are exploring a number of safety features for event organizers to utilize as they welcome fans back to events. This includes social distancing, contactless entry, and more. Any screening requirements will be up to the individual event organizer and local health guidelines and not Ticketmaster. Okay, again, they're putting this on the individual event organizers. Well, what do you think is going to happen? These event organizers are going to be under extreme pressure to do all of this stuff and they're probably going to be pressured behind closed doors by Ticketmaster and by the people who run that company. This is a huge conglomerate at this point, Ticketmaster and Live Nation handling all of these events across the country. They are going to be pressuring the local event organizers and the local event organizers are also going to be pressured by the local health officials. So you see, the way that they're doing this is they can just keep ping-ponging the blame to different people so it doesn't have to come to them because they don't want to lose customers. Clearly, they were receiving such pushback on this, which I'm grateful for, honestly, because they have no place. They have no place to make a decision like this. They're not the ones that should be deciding what happens with your medical decisions, medical history, uh, with a complex medical intervention. It's ridiculous. that They treat it like it's just like getting a parking ticket. Just go get your parking ticket stamped and then you can come into the entry. Oh, just go get your vaccine and you can show proof of it and then you're allowed entry. This is not acceptable. And if this is what they are saying the future is, then we as a people have a lot of work to do to push back harder than we've ever pushed back to make sure they cannot get away with this. Because under no circumstance would this be acceptable. If there was a virus that was so scary that it's killing everybody, then you know what? Don't hold concerts. You know what I'm saying? Don't invite all these people to come together and then force them to do invasive medical procedures, including the testing, by the way, and then be giving all this medical information, potentially having issues with security breaches, all to be able to attend something that they could have done before this for a virus that has a 99.5% and higher recovery rate. This doesn't make sense, but it sure does seem like these companies have had this policy ready and waiting to unleash it because this seems all very complicated and ready to go and I wonder how long they've been working on this and when they got the heads up that they may need to incorporate some type of policy like this with a company that large this takes multiple months to be able to create and it sounds like they've already been doing that and I wonder Exactly when they started. So, again, the name of that article from Billboard is called How Ticketmaster Plans to Check Your Vaccine Status for Concerts. Also, you can just even Google search Ticketmaster COVID vaccine requirements. You'll see I saw at least 30 different websites that were covering this, many of them in the music world and uh, having to do with concerts and fans and things like that. Uh, What's also interesting always when you look at this stuff is check the comments out. Now, the comments on the social media for Ticketmaster were pretty encouraging. I mean, there were only a handful of people that said anything positive. Everybody else jumped on there saying this is ridiculous. You know, it's, it's kind of feels like overreach the same way it would be for a government, but now with a, a private company. And I, I hate when people use this term, well, it's a private business. They can do what they want. They can require what they want. No shoes, no shirt, no service. They can do what they want. Yes, these companies are private companies. And even with social media, yes, Facebook is considered a private company. But in the, in the case of social media, we don't have options. The new options that are kind of starting, you know, obviously are not developed and everybody's not on them. So they've basically created a monopoly on certain social media platforms and then they control what you can and can't say using the umbrella of safety that it's a private company. But these other companies that they're talking about, like Ticketmaster being a private company, what I say to that is it may be a private company, but they're basing their policies on Science that is conflicting and ideas that have no evidence behind them and they are changing public behavior and they are affecting the lives of citizens in the process. So while it is a private company, this becomes a matter of public interest and we have a right to weigh in on this and we have a right to fight back. So I'll keep watching to see what happens with this. I feel like the list is going to just keep growing of companies that are going to be employing similar tactics as it relates to allowing you, again, to be a part of society. And it's just not okay. I mean, the testing, I think, is responsible for so much of the problem. It is the foundation of all of our policies for lockdowns, for work closures and business closures and school closures. So if the testing is the thing that they're using as a metric and we know they're inherently faulty, we have some serious issues and nobody is talking about how we remedy them, which is a problem. Anyway, check out that article on social media and weigh in in the comment section when I post about this episode. Weigh in on the comments. Let me know what you think. I also posted it on my social media um, already a couple days ago and there was a great discussion in the comments there. So make sure to check that out on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Facebook is Melissa Floyd. Instagram is Melissa Floyd for truth. I did set up a parlor account, which is at Melissa Floyd, kind of getting into the habit of posting there, but haven't quite figured out that platform yet. And as always, you can see our additional information on immunity, education group.com vaccine conversation podcast with Melissa and Dr. Bob and continue listening here uh, to what they aren't telling you and I'll try to continue bringing you some interesting and thought-provoking things. So thank you guys for tuning in and I'll see you next time on what they aren't telling you.